If you're looking to experience more pleasure in your life and a deeper level of connection with yourself and or your intimate partners in 2023, let's work together. Hello, I'm Stacey O, maitre d' of Finger Food Podcast and Holistic Sexuality Coach. You can apply to work with me by visiting my website, www.stacyogorman.com, or by clicking the link on this podcast bio. Welcome to Finger Food. I'm your maitre d', Stacey O, and I'm here to serve you intimate conversations around sexuality and pleasure. On the menu is a selection of heart-to-hearts with people who vulnerably share their stories, insights, and perspectives. This podcast is about sex and so much more. We explore connection, letting go of judgment, and accepting ourselves exactly as we are. Let's dine. In this episode, I chat to Belinda Wiley. Belinda is a New Zealand-based sex and relationship coach who specializes in helping people reignite sexual desire in long-term relationships. How amazing. Belinda loves to practice yoga and mindfulness. She loves to walk the beach with her dog, Chloe, devour books about sexuality and have conversations with literally anyone that will listen to her about the power of sexual pleasure. In this episode, Belinda shares tools to reignite desire in long-term relationships, how she has kept the spice alive in her own 40 years of marriage, whoa, being a sexagenarian woman in her 60s and sexually thriving, demystifying how many times one should be having sex in a week, menopause, the miracle of lube, celebrating our pussies however they look, masturbation versus self-pleasure, letting go of the goal of the big O and so much more. It's great to have you here at the table. Let's get started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, Belinda. It is such an honor to have you on the podcast. I really wanted to have you on season one, but the timing didn't work because of COVID things. So 
it's such a joy to have you here and um yeah i'm stoked yeah me too it's <laughs> exciting yeah. we got we made it we, we made, made it happen it. we made it <laughs> um awesome so firstly where are you from and what's your family background where am i from and what's my family background Wow, interesting question. I I think, well, where am I from? Um, I'm from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, was born in New Plymouth, and I grew up in Wellington and Christchurch. And then I've lived in Auckland, and now I live currently in Whangamata, in the Coromandel. Mm. So I feel like I'm from, I'm a Kiwi. Beautiful. But my family background is Irish and... Danish. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. My family background is Irish as well. Irish uh-huh. and Scottish. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what are your pronouns and what do they mean to you? Pronouns are she, her. Uh, what do they mean? They mean, well, I'm, was, I'm cisgender female. You know, I was born a woman and I'm, that's what I am. And what mm. do they mean to me? Um, I didn't really understand them at all because I was born in the 50s. Um, but I've learned a lot and I'm very mindful and very respectful of everybody's. And I love that people can make their choices. So mm. I think that's what they mean. They mean, I really respect other people's choices and they mean I am a woman. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. And what is your sexual orientation in this moment and what does that mean to you? Hmm. I am, sexual orientation is I am in a monogamous relationship, have been for over four decades, and I am am monogamous Mm. currently. Mm. Beautiful. What does it mean to me? It means that, yeah, it's just how it is right now when you've been in a marriage for a long time. But, you know, I love the options that, who knows? Yes. Who knows what I'll be in five years or ten years' time. You know, like, I just love that there's choice and I'm Mm. open. (laughs) I love that. Yes. Amazing. So are you in a marriage with a woman or a man or a gender non-conforming person? I'm in a marriage with a man. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And so you're a sex and relationship coach and specifically you work with women and couples to reignite sexual desire in long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. How amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what brought you to this work? And I guess who is your typical clientele? Mm. Okay, what shall I start with? <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. Um, I've worked with a lot of women. I'm currently working with couples in heterosexual relationships who have been married for between five and almost 30 years. Like, I've got mm. older people and younger. And they love each other. Some of them have, actually, they all have children. And they have just found their relationship, particularly sex and intimacy, has just fallen to the bottom of the to-do list. Mm. And they're like, oh, what's wrong with us? I've lost my libido. You know, you're too busy, I'm too busy, the kids, you know, or even the grandchildren, and now we're getting a little bit tetchy or quite tetchy. Mm -hmm. And they are like 
this is horrible. We don't like this. And they find me and they're like, oh, my God, we didn't even know you existed. Mm. Please help us. So that's that's generally what I'm getting. Before that, I was working with women and they were just like, something's wrong with me. I don't feel anything anymore. I feel numb. Mm. I don't want to have sex with my partner. Um, again, feeling like there is something seriously wrong. They were sort of comparing themselves with, um, I don't know what other people or what other people had said or what they felt they should be doing. So mm. um, once you get talking and get somebody like myself listening to them, they realise, oh, okay, okay, well, this is manageable. I can learn some new ways and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm okay, but mm. I just need some pieces. There are pieces missing in education around relationships, sex, intimacy, mm. pleasure. That's your clientele. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've got so many questions around that. Oh, but I know. Yeah. Firstly, how did you, um, yeah. yeah, how did you get into the work? Hmm. In my 40s, I was feeling sort of dissatisfied with myself, my body, my, is this my life? And I had three children, happily married, a, a really like a privileged life. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was terrible. It was just like I was feeling some sort of something's missing. I don't really know what it is. I don't really want to have sex. But when we have it, it's great. Oh, why don't I do this more? Why don't we do this more often? But something was missing. And so I was sort of, and I was training to be a yoga therapist at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was really interested in the mind, body connection and taking trying to take personal responsibility for what was going on for me. And yet I noticed that I wanted to blame my husband. Like, oh, you don't get me and you don't make any time for me and, you know, you're always working or we're being too social or I just want more me time or I want more time with you. Like, it was a lot of that going on. And yet I was like, didn't like myself for that. So I think that's just a little bit of background. I mean, it wasn't happening daily or... You know, we were in a good space, but there was just me. I think I'm curious about, I mean, I love sex. I've always loved sex, but I just Mm -hmm. didn't know a lot about sex. And there was some shame around, well, we called it masturbating now. I actually don't like that word that much. These days for me, I prefer self-pleasuring because Mm. what I know now. But how I came to what I'm doing is I found Layla Martin um, online and I bought one of her courses and I was like, Oh, this is edgy. You know, it was like, what was it called? Orga- yeah, Obelis. Or- yeah, Obelis. All about orgasmic pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so I bought it sort of and didn't really tell anybody. Mm. And then I bought another one to do with the jade egg. But you could do them in your own time, which was mm. great. But I didn't finish any of them. I was like, oh, I'm curious, I'm curious. But, oh, this feels really... I don't even think I told my husband. Mm. And I think... I've, so I bought the courses online, do them in your own time, started them didn't keep them up, which is what happens with a six-week course. Mm-hmm. But then I think another round came a year or so later and I I just just got into it. And then I spoke to another woman, a friend of mine, and she said she'd been doing something. I was like, oh, good, other people, you know, and I suddenly felt like, oh, okay, and then we could have a little chat about it. And then I don't even think I finished the course, but I suddenly got a feeling of, oh, this is educational wow, this is a whole new way of looking at my body, what I'm capable of. And I got really curious. And then she offered some training. Mm. And I was like, sign me up. And it was a huge, 
financial commitment and things had shifted in my life and I was like, Jesus, this is big. But there was just a sort of a something in me, a spark that was like, this is your, I know it sounds cliche, life purpose. And I Mm. do believe that sometimes what you need to learn is what you will be teaching, you know, like you have to. And this was in my, I'm 65 now, so it was before, I don't know, it was in my early 60s when I started doing this work. Wow. (laughs) It's not that long ago, and yet it feels like there's been so much. Your early 50s, early 60s. You're in your 60s. Yeah. I am shocked. What? (laughs) A gradient goddess. Okay. Whoa. That's pleasure. That's sex and sensuality, isn't it? Okay. Yes. Just writing that, just writing some notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Belinda, this is so amazing. I just have a question around um, just already, like the sort of from your own experience and your own learning from the Layla Martin course and, um, you know, speaking to multiple clients and relationships. And them coming to you with this sense of, oh my God, sex has gone to the end of my to-do list. I've got kids. I'm bickering with my husband. I've been in a marriage for five to 30 years. What have been the sort of biggest um, biggest pieces for people or takeaways for people where they've been like, this is a light bulb moment. This is how I can um, start to shift that narrative. Yep, great question. So I'm going to just, can I just answer this in a couple of pieces? Yes. Because what I wanted to say was with the training I've done, I have done all the work on myself. Everything that I've learned, I have been practicing everything, including when I work with couples. I had to go through everything with my own husband. Mm. So everything that I give any of my clients is because I've done it, I've experienced it, we've experienced it. And um, it all starts with self-pleasure and taking care of yourself, I agree. I mean, a lot of people don't realise that, but women have lost that part of themselves. Mm. Um, And so I often love to teach women that your self-pleasure, touching your body and finding out about your body parts is key um, yes. And I had to do all of that before I can even teach it to anyone else. Um, I think, and then I got my husband on board, and that's really shifted our relationship. The mm. second part was what do I, so what I teach my, what I, when couples come to me, I have this, I have what I call the three C's of intimacy. Because they always come and it's usually always about sex. We want more sex, or one of them wants more sex than the other. Mm. But they, and sometimes one doesn't want it. But then I bring it back to intimacy, and I say, "What's happened is we haven't really been educated a about our bodies and how we feel pleasure." And I check in with both of them to see what it is that's important to them. And sometimes people don't want certain things in sex, but there's so much more that you can actually do. And I just round it all out with intimacy. Mm. You know, parts of the body it doesn't have to be penetrative sex. It can be there's just a myriad of things that a couple can do together to have a lot of 
pleasure and enjoyment and bring you back together. But what is broken down is three C's. Commitment to the relationship. Mm. Communication with each other about like really honest communication. And connection. Physical, mental and emotional connection. And Mm. the three of them form quite the foundation for intimacy. Oof. That's good. Yeah. And so I don't always start with, okay, this is what you're going to be doing around sex. We just bring it right back to listening. And te- I you know, I often just teach people, when I had to learn this myself, how to listen mm. to your partner without interrupting. Creating a space where they feel like they can speak honestly. I want to say vulnerably, but that word can be quite a lot particularly for, in my experience, men. Because Mm. men are not taught to be about love and vulnerability and all that stuff because that's just not the way men are brought up. Mm. Especially my generation, my era, but I still think it's in the system. I Mm. look at men in their 30s and 40s. And still it's difficult because they've been brought up to be, you know, like, Take charge, be in control. So it's it's a big ask. Mm. But when they learn to just at least be honest, I really notice their partners will lean in towards them because you're touching each other's hearts. Mm. And really, if you're wanting sustainable sex, sexuality, sensuality with your partner, you do need to get a little bit deeper. Mm. Um, It's not for everybody, but the people that come towards me. um, And this is what I found in my own marriage, as soon as you start being really honest. And I've got some beautiful practices that I give couples where they, they just learn new ways to speak to each other in a way that drops them deeper and they're often just so surprised. Yeah. Wow. This is groundbreaking. I love this three C's thing because it's it's just so like, um, it makes so much sense to me. And I also feel like it can look so differently for each individual relationship and individual. That's what I like about it. It's quite like broad in the sense that commitment like actually committing to showing up for each other and then communicating like obviously that's going to show up however that's going to show up within you but just like approaching that with like love and respect deep listening like you're saying and then connection looking like anything intimacy pleasure also like just actually hanging out and going on dates and whatever and I really like love that triangle approach is genius (laughs) well I love teaching people because people need to learn some new ways of being Mm. because often people are bored in relationships because they've just been having sex this way or that way a few options and sure people come to me and they've said oh we've tried um, using toys and watching porn and things like that which is great Mm. you know if you're doing things together I say yay but there's often pieces that they just yeah, that mm. no one's really discussed. Like yes. I teach things like eye gazing, which sounds really simple and slightly weird, and most people will start laughing because mm. they just it's so it can be so intimate. 
Yeah. Um, and it's not for everybody. And I teach other things like um, just even sitting certain ways and touching certain parts of the body and just creating a space where, you know, you're not having sex, but you're just being intimate with each other and mm. practicing those things. And people are like, oh, that's really weird. And I'm like... Yeah, and just try it a couple of times. And they're like, oh, my God, we love this. Mm, yes. So, you know, it's just, you know, you know how we go to school to learn to read and to write and to French and, I don't know, play sport? No one takes you to relationship school. Totally. We just all learn by, I don't know, whoever you're with or what you think you should be doing or could be doing. And to me, it's it's a key piece, mm. oh, isn't it? Yes. Yes, Belinda. <laughs> My heart is like cracking open as everything that you're speaking is just like feels so truthful in my system. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's really beautiful. One thing I was going to add, it just made me think when you were asking me the question was, I really believe that um, working with couples that have children, which is predominantly what I have, and I don't think it matters how old or how young the children are, it really can change the, I I call it the DNA blueprint of a family. Mm. Because when a couple is thriving in their sensual life, it impacts the kids, the children around them, even their adult children. Mm. Because they can, you know, like, I feel like my kids can feel it, you know. I'm, I feel quite alive. I do my mm. own practices and, you know, really take care of myself. And I'm not talking about looking. I'm talking about my sort of my my pleasure. Mm, and, you know, obviously my partner and I, we do things. I say partner. Sometimes I say husband. But you don't need to be married to be doing this work is what I want to say. Um, yeah, we both feel really alive. Mm. when we keep this energy flowing between us. Because it's life force energy, I believe, sexual energy. Yes. Yeah. And I think we're quite, and I'm just going to own this a little bit, I think we're quite good testaments because, you know, my husband's in his 70s and I'm early 70s and I'm in my mid-60s and, yeah, that can bring us on to some more interesting questions I'm sure you'll have. I love this. (laughs) I love that you're practicing what you preach and I, yeah, I have just one more question around, I guess, more specific details because I know there's so much like chat in the mainstream kind of sexuality world around like, you know, if you're not having sex with your partner twice a week, then there's something wrong with your relationship or, you know, if you're not um, wanting to go down on your partner, like there's something wrong with your relationship and all this kind of like chat and I'm really interested to know because I know personally from my own experience, I've gone through seasons and and times where I really feel quite like erotic and full of pleasure. And then times where I'm just like a little bit turned off and, and shut down where I just need to go a bit more internal. I guess my question is, um, what have you, in terms of the three C's, And when you're kind of encouraging your clients and working within your own relationship around that piece of actual intimacy and connection, um, you know, how often are you suggesting that people are (laughs) intimate or having sex or all of that? Or do you think that's a myth? And yeah. I think it's a myth. Yeah. 
I remember I did a talk a couple of years ago and somebody asked from the audience, you know, how often should we be having sex? I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. How often do you want to have sex? Yeah. You know, like, do you want to know how often I have it? I, I don't actually keep a record of it. Yeah. But I do appreciate what you're saying. I think it's a great question um, because I think society has just got these, I don't know, there's these expectations. You read in magazines, there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. On ma- from magazines, from porn, from, I don't know, a lot of assumptions. I, I just bring it right back to ha- have an honest conversation with your partner. And I give some really beautiful um, um, containers for how you will do that. Um, so because everyone has different libidos mm. or, or, and we all have seasons. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Mm. Um yeah, I'm not having sex every day. I'm not having intimacy every day mm. with me, myself, or my partner. And I think it really does come back to you. And if you're worried about something, you have the conversation with your partner. Mm. Oh, I'm noticing I'm not feeling like this. Or when's a good time to talk? I always say first, rather than racing in with the conversation. Yes. Always invite. When's a good time? I really need to talk about something that feels really important to me and I'm worried about it, what's going on. And then when you sit down and have the combo and listen to each other, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, I might feel like it's been a while. And he'll say, oh, I haven't even thought about it. So it's that, like, we make these assumptions, particularly in relationships, Mm. where the other person's not happy about how often you're having sex or whatever. And you're putting yourself under all this pressure when, in fact, it's not a big deal. Mm. So I think... Honest conversations on the regular. That would be the thing, I think, and that's what we try and do. Every week we always have a time when we put aside some time and we do um, a practice. It's called Fears, Loves and Desires. It's something I learned and I give it to people and we do it all the time. Mm. It's just a really simple way of checking in with each other. What's going on? Um, What are you worried about? What are you really wanting? And then we finish with, what do you love about me? So that's a beautiful little thing that anyone can do, actually. Um, We set a timer, too, so we just sometimes go for five minutes, ask each other those those three questions. So that always – can I talk a little bit about that practice? I love what you're saying, never stop talking. (laughs) Keep going. That practice was so damn clunky when I taught it to my husband, and he'd be the first to admit it was like, ugh. You know, I don't know what to say. This feels awkward. I haven't got the vocab like you have, you know. Mm. And men do struggle because you know how women want to talk about things way more about that level. Well, with each other maybe. Well, not always. But mm. women just naturally sort of seem to understand more about emotions maybe, whereas men don't. Um, maybe I'm assuming there. So if you're a guy and you're listening to this and <laughs> you actually don't have a problem talking about it, that's great. Um, but... Um, now I've lost my train of thought. I knew that would happen. Um, you were just saying it was clunky at the Yes, no, he stages. said I, he felt awkward. And even clients say that to me, like, oh, do we have to? I'm like, you don't have to do anything, but just try it a few times. My husband, he'll be happy for me to he- say this, always says, oh, God, that was so good. Because oh. he feels seen. He feels heard. Because you're not having a big combo. You're literally 
sharing with each other, saying thank you and then hearing each other. You're not going, why do you feel like this? It's a very beautiful practice that um, is very honouring of each other. And always we both feel, oh, we're connected. We feel good again if we've had a bit of a busy week or a busy whatever, few weeks or there's been lots going on. And there's been so much going on in our planet and our world that communication, excuse me, can often be the first thing to go. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I really love that framework. I feel like that's like going to just be so potent for so many people to hear Um, because you're right. It's like rather than just having like a um, sort of loose conversation where it could literally go anywhere and, you know, then people, you know, then you start going at each other rather than, creating the safe container where like listening is is the main priority and and um I love what you're saying around like when you have that framework and you have that safety there's like freedom to actually just express how you're feeling and um yeah I love that what you're saying around your husband feeling super seen every time and are always bringing you closer together and and that sort of being this like incredible tool that you use to keep the fire alive in your relationship and the connection and the intimacy and um Wow. I'm learning so much. This is so good. It's foundational, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, big. it's a game changer, actually. And I just think of some of my clients when I, when I actually teach them these sorts of practices and they, I can see sometimes it's like, oh, God, I know, I know how to listen and I know how to talk. But we forget. Humans yeah. forget. And also adults are like, I should know this stuff, you know. This is but embarrassing. I should know this stuff. And then they go, Oh boy, I realise now. Yeah, I'm. I didn't hear anything you. I don't often hear anything you say. You know how you're in. I don't know. Sometimes in your relationships, I hear this from people, and it happens in mine. I might launch into something, and I can just see he's nowhere. He's he sort of hears the last bit, but misses the first. And you're like, oh, you never listen. Mm. Um, so it, it is. It is sometimes the new new things. We have to learn new things to make to to have new things happen in our relationship. Yes. I believe. Yes. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Okay, so would you say that using that um, fears, um, desires, and loves. yeah, loves. loves, fears, desires, and loves um, framework, do you feel like that's been the sort of key to and the three C's? Do you think those have been the the keys to keeping the fire alive in your relationship? Yeah, definitely. Amazing. They're sort of go tos. Yeah. 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 Yes, <laughs> I'm so pumped on this. Okay. <laughs> so we're kind of going on a roundabout question, but still keeping in theme. I feel like there's so much societal stigma around women aging and, and very heavy quotation marks drying up when they hit menopause. And I just love to demystify this myth and um yeah i'm just wondering if you can speak to your experience with pleasure and how it's changed and evolved over time and yeah as you've i've written down as you've entered your 50s but honey you're in your 60s (laughs) (laughs) please share your wisdom i'm actually a sexagenarian (laughs) don't you love that word a person in their 60s oh yeah i'd never heard that before i know I used to say it on my podcast, you say, I'm Belinda Wiley and I'm a sexagenarian. I'm like, giggle, 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 because here I am, a sex coach. And I'm a sexagenarian. I love that. Um, Yeah, okay. So menopause for me was in my 40s, I think. I can't remember the day. And, yeah, I've just got to be careful what I say here because Mm. I really respect what women go through and everybody is unique. Their experience of perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, all unique. So whatever you, people choose to do, I'm 100% behind. So I speak to myself. I tried, I was having hot flushes. I was, oh, it was just so difficult for me. I didn't, I tried all the sort of bioidentical hormones. I was just looking for the answers to get rid of whatever I was going through. But what I found apart from bioidentical hormones being very expensive and just hard to sort of keep it going, really, because you're just always taking stuff. I think I did a lot of reading and I realised, actually, this is a normal thing to go through. Hmm. So how you embrace that. Most of people, I can't stand feeling like this. But actually, it's the body's wake-up call. This is the way I view it, Hmm. that there's change in your life. Hmm. There's change, and I appreciate sometimes people have um, operations and so medically they can get it earlier, but that's often through intervention. I'm talking about natural menopause when it happens, you know, as we age. Because hmm. it does happen to everybody, um, and it's different. It's unique. Some people are like, I didn't get a hot flush, and other people are like, oh, they're terrible. Hmm. I got anxious, and I got anxious. I personally did get anxious. Um, and sometimes people just don't do anything about it and they just sort of suffer through it. I think I did that a bit. But the reading was helpful for me. I read some really beautiful books around menopause, can't think of them right now, and they just reminded me, oh, this is I'm moving into a new stage in my life. You know, I'm older now, my kids are older, because we had kids at the time. Mm. But um, 
I think I got into a bit more of an acceptance mode and I started journaling and noticing what I was really truly feeling, what was going on, what was I thinking. I did a lot of writing when I'd wake up in the night, sort of hot and sort of wet and and I'll come to the dryness in a moment. (laughs) Hot and wet as in my body. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I was like, what's wrong with me? And then I'd start writing and... Yeah, there were just big changes, you know. Your kids start getting older, um, you know, husband gets busier, or for me, I can only speak for me. And it's like, well, where's my role anymore? What what am I doing in my life? What's my purpose? Mm. I'm putting on weight. I'm not feeling that great about myself. I've slowed down, or I've what should I, you know, like it's a whole new world that you're starting to go into. Um, you're not in your 20s or your 30s. You're moving out of something and you're becoming more in touch with you and less about giving to others. Mm. For me, that was my experience. Um, and that was, was a huge key piece. And I think that's what the hot flushes were. It's like, take notice. What's, go- what's going on? What do you need? So that was a big key piece for me. Mm. Um, it's not something to get over. It's something to just journey through. Mm. No one really talks about it much except moan and groan. And that's a very common thing for women. We tend to get together and moan about things. I really noticed that for myself mm. around women. But uh, the dryness I'll talk a little bit about. Um, that That is a thing, but I, since I have learned to prioritise my self-pleasure, my sexual self-pleasure, my body, you know, just taking, um, being aware of my body and having a regular self-pleasure practice. Mm. It's not daily or anything. Currently it's probably a once a week and it'll be breast massage or just just exploring my body. Um, I've got lots of ways to teach people how to do those sorts of things. Mm. But just being aware of um, pleasure actually, and that doesn't have to be touching your body, that's just taking time to notice what feels pleasurable to you, even if it's drinking a cup of coffee or tea mm. or eating something delicious and noticing how it feels in your body. Mm. As I say, women tend to we focus on what's not working, you know, and things that are going wrong. We haven't been taught to celebrate and to brag and to do all these amazing things. That was a huge peace for me when I started doing my training. I was like, oh, I can't rave on about these things. How embarrassing. No, I've been taught as a child. This is generalizing, okay. Mm. Stop showing off. Stop being too much, you know, all that sort of stuff. Don't you think your skirt's a bit short? You know, like it's sort of just a society that has been around for women to, it's been a bit too scary for the system that we the patriarchal system, I'm going to own it. Mm. It's nothing to do with men. It's more the system. Mm. It's not been safe for women to be too much, actually, collectively. Yes. It's shifting, though, because we're having conversations. Mm. Have I sort of covered that? I'm just, I sort of popped off over there. I love where you're going. <laughs> Keep going. This is yeah. fantastic. So, of course, when I did a lot of my training, I was one of the oldest women doing it. It was one woman who was in her 70s. Um, and so being around a lot of, you know, 20, 30, you know, mainly 30, 40, yeah, age group women, 
we were all trying to own it, but some felt it easier than others. But yeah, that's been a huge thing for me. You know, I started a Facebook group and I was like, okay, I'm going to teach you all how to brag. And they're like, oh, no, that's embarrassing. We're, no, no way are we going to learn how to brag. I'm like, yes, yes, fuck yes. let's celebrate good things mm. in our life. That's a big whole subject, but I won't, yeah. It's like. Mm. No, I love that. I love that because that brings you pleasure and it gets you in your body and you're like, yes, things are amazing. And as opposed to, you know, bitching and moaning about everything that's going wrong, it's like, let's actually also, like, we can we can totally talk about the things, like the hardships yes. and also let's yes. celebrate. Yes. I think it's really important to be able to vent and things like that and yeah. to talk to others what's going on. But yeah. it's when you get into those bitchy, moany things where everybody goes, oh, yeah, and he's a mean, I don't know. It's just that's what I struggle with now because mm. I think getting back, I'm, I'm realising where I was going with that conversation because mm. we were talking about dryness. So, see how there's so many things to talk about? I know, but it's all just so valuable and I'm loving all of the directions. <laughs> I feel like I'm jumping around. No, so you're not. You're me actually, this is con- I feel like it's concise and I'm learning a lot. So please just continue on your okay. So the dryness thing, I sometimes want to say, I feel like I would have gone to the, I think women feel bad. So, oh, I don't feel turned on. Like I don't look at my husband and get wet like I used to in my 20s. Well, you know, good luck with that because, you know, there are other ways to, to um, get wet. And mm. I'm just a great advocate for lube. Yes. Coconut oil, extra virgin, whatever you like, or there's some great lubes around now. Mm. Um, you put some lube on. I'm going to be really frank here. You put Please. some lube on and you can turn yourself on. No Woo! problem. You don't necessarily have to wait till you feel turned on. Yeah, so I think, and that's controversial because I know not everybody thinks like that, but that's just Mm. my thing. Love it. Um, Fake it till you make it. Yeah, but I remember (laughs) going to the doctor and saying, you know, like, uh, you know, I feel really dry and I don't really want to have sex because I'm not getting whatever. And women do put themselves through that, I know, because they've told me. um, So lube, lube, lube. But I still think there's nothing wrong there. But I still think the medical model will say oh you need to take something and take this cream or and that should do something and sometimes you take the cream and I tried all that stuff and it didn't do anything so I think I would say from my own experience and what I've noticed with others you do have to take some personal responsibility for doing something different as I said and so learning to have a self-pleasure practice and taking a look at your body in the mirror and understanding your your whole, I call it the pussy area, but mm. your vagina, your labia, your, you know, like just your whole, all that sexual area because it's so sort of hidden mm. and really being able to at least rejoice in it and appreciate it. Um, that's something we were never educated in. It's mm. not the way I was growing up. Uh, I was growing up. I was brought up. Um, yes. There's a lot of shame around. A lot of women still feel really bad about their, their how they look down there or how they how their breasts look and things like that. But um, we're all different shapes and sizes and mm. everyone is perfect and beautiful just as they are. Mm. Um, and that's a whole big subject just about the way we haven't really been encouraged to celebrate. It's just the system we've lived in. We are living in. 
So these are the conversations. Because there is a way to feel moist and and whatever, turned on again, I believe. I think if you have the intention, it's possible. Mm. But sometimes people don't have the intention. They don't want to or they feel like they're a certain age and it's not for them anymore. And I respect that. Yeah. Um, Everybody, I think, has choice, unless they've got something medically going on. That's a different story. Beautiful. And you can answer this if you want to and you also don't have to because it's quite personal. But I'm wondering... I love everything that you're saying around, um, you know, bringing in a a form of self-pleasure and honouring your body each week or however many times a week or fortnight or month that feels comfortable for you. And this this sense around... bringing in lubes and 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 changing the way that we look at sort of masturbation to be self-pleasure mm. so that looking in like any shape or form i'm wondering in your relationship specifically have you noticed a shift in how you're experiencing pleasure and sort of intimacy with your partner mm. as you've stepped into your 60s yeah oh Huge change. Yeah. It's very liberating Mm. when you understand your own body. Because I still believe, you know, when I was younger, I used to really enjoy sex, but I was often thinking, oh, you know, like, oh, why doesn't he know what to do? Well, actually, it's not his job Mm. to know what to do. It's a, it's, it should be a dance between the two of you and you can have conversations. Does this feel good to you? Would you like more of this? But I didn't know that stuff when I was younger. Um, and and it, it, as I said, it's communication. Mm. But sometimes people are having sex, they're just thinking, thinking, thinking thoughts and doing, 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 and they're not actually, you know, I say slow it all down and have a little chat if you need to or set mm. yourself up at the beginning. Mm. Um, I think I always start, when I was working with women, I always start them on the simplest thing, which is a breast massage. Like just putting your hands on your breasts or just massaging them with oil or just over your clothes. I mean, I'm holding my breasts right now, but I would probably do that once or twice a week just before I even get out of bed. Beautiful. And, you know, I've had women who have had nipples that are absolutely just numb and they come back to life. Wow. Just from the love and the practice. And then, you know, um, and the reason I like self-pleasure rather than masturbation, is because masturbation to me is you're going for a goal, which is usually orgasm. That, that's my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually looked it up in the dictionary. But whereas self-pleasure is like let go of the goal. This is quite a big piece I teach my couples, actually. Let go of the goal of the big O or whatever. Yeah, the big O. And just be present to the pleasure and let it build. Mm. And that's a whole new concept, which I had no concept of. That's a whole new concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, until I learnt a whole new way of being in relationship with sex and intimacy. Mm. And so it's changed my life and my our marriage because we can now, um, we've got tools, it sounds silly, we've got tools and practices that we use Um to play rather than mm. have sex. 
And don't get me wrong, if you're having sex and it feels really good your way, that's perfect. It's only for people who are like, oh, a bit stuck or a bit bored or a bit, you know, want to try something different, you know. Oh, Belinda, I feel so inspired. (laughs) I feel so inspired and I just feel so grateful for your vulnerability and openness and sharing all of that. I know this is just going to feel and just be so potent and helpful for so many women and individuals everybody actually so yeah um so with all the wisdom you have now based on your life experience what might you tell your younger self hmm that's a great question isn't it I would just say you know speak up be honest but Easier said than done. Hmm. Learn. Educate yourself about your own body. And I would just say, yeah, get to know your pleasure, what feels really good to you. And then if you're in a relationship, you can you can honour yourself or, you know, honour each other. It's something about honouring each other that I find. Mm. Because sexuality and, you know, it's like, it's like, it's a sort of, it's a sacred act, Mm. playing with each other's bodies and learning about each other. Um, And maybe that sounds weird to people, but I actually think it's a game changer because I think it makes you feel alive. Yeah. Mm. And the one other thing I wanted to say was, and I think I'll bring it back um, to what you were saying about seasons, is we all go through seasons. So sometimes a man will be going through a season where he's just so busy with work and he just hasn't got any space to help out or to, you know, or to be intimate, you know, like, and women, and you can have different seasons where you're crossing over, just keeping that conversation going. So you're not meant to be having sex all the time and feeling turned on all the time. Um, I think we've just put it, put a, I, don't know, I don't know where that pressure's come from. Make your intimacy yours, I think. Mm. Have that yes. dance with your own partner, with yourself and your partner. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Own it. <sighs> Fuck yes, Belinda. Excuse my French. I've talked <laughs> about seven times in this podcast, but I just feel very passionate about everything that you're sharing. So thank you. And final question. Most important question: What's your favourite finger food? Oh, I love that. I was with yeah. Um, you know what? I am a proper crisps girl with the old hummus. That's what I love. Yes. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing, but I just love me a chip and dip. I love that. <laughs> She's a chip and dip gal. <laughs> That's amazing. Is there any particular brand of hummus, or is it homemade? Oh, it hasn't been homemade late, lately. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. No, I'm not fast. Oh, there's one I'm getting at the moment. That's, it's a smoked hummus. I love that. Oh, yes. Smoky hummus. <laughs> kettle, kettle chips, was it? Proper. You know the proper, proper ones? Proper crisps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add, yeah. add for them, but hello. <laughs> yes. So into that. Oh, yes. Thank you so love much, Belinda. This has been such a joy. I feel really, yeah, expanded and just full of just hope and um yeah I just feel really like 
you've touched my heart. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's been a joy. I, as I said, I think these conversations are they're, they're changing. They'll change people's relationships mm. when you start to realise. You know, we're all we're all human, and we all we all are predominantly wanting some form of connection. So if we can keep talking about this, it's possible. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks for dining with Finger Food. If you liked this conversation, you can tip your maitre d' by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to find more of my podcasts, go to stacyogorman.com. Stay safe, stay sexy. See you soon. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.